0: Greetings. Welcome to Space Court.
1: Anything else you want to add for or against astrology? I mean, nothing against. Well, I do have one thing
0: (laughs)
2: Space Court, Space Court.
0: SpaceCord, welcome to SpaceCord. Like a Star Wars episode, we are releasing the second part of a conversation before the first. We invite you to join us on this voyage of exploration of astrology and belief. No, I guess I don't. Well, what is it? Come on.
1: Maybe comment Um, Comment observations, right?
2: I mean, I think that it's incredible that, you know, it's such a trend right now. You know, I had a hard time with it at first because I was, you know, really holding it as something very sacred. And then it's like, oh, now everybody's into astrology, you know.
0: We would like to introduce you to the astrologer bitch that created Astro Occult and the zine as above so below. Catherine Diaz, Taurus Sun, Libra Moon, Aquarius Rising.
2: But the thing is, is like it takes such study to really know
1: anything, mm-hmm. and so it's pretty easy to weed out what's authentic and what's not.
2: Yeah, you have to be obsessed with it. You have to be obsessed with it to really, really know because it's so much and it's so complex. It's so hard. You know, people don't really know that but it's like really hard. Like it kind of makes you feel like dumb where you're like, I've read this a million times, but it's like, because it's so intuitive, you know, also Mm. it's just, does that make, do you know what I'm
1: saying? I do. You know, I mean, it's interesting. I was looking up just on YouTube reasons that, or like anything to say like why astrology doesn't exist, you know, because I see a lot of like it being the pseudoscience. And I mean, surely there should be some information of why it's not real, you know, and there's the argument of the 13th Constellation, right? And that astrologers are in complete denial of that. And how can that be if, in fact, it's in the sky? And, anyways, as I was going through this YouTube wormhole, I was coming across like Carl Sagan and Neil Tyson. Is that the guy who does all the like Earth, planetary, universe stuff? You know, I don't know.
0: We would like to introduce you to the philosopher bitch that is skeptical of everyone yet finds herself trusting strangers all of the time. Rachel Villaverde, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising.
1: So these astronomers, you know, Try and do this. Yeah, step. they would be the naysayers.
2: But I want to know any of them that actually have studied astrology. Well, for and that's years. the thing. Anything because that then it's sounds- not a fair fight unless you've actually given as much dedication as you have to astronomy to study astrology because it's different. You're studying archetypes. Mm -hmm. you're studying personality, then you could write a fair argument. But unless you've done that, then it's not a fair argument.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, anything that I saw, it was pretty poor attempts at trying to... It is. It's shallow. I mean, well, they, they speak specifically to horoscopes, which again, I understand as a particular study of astrology you know and they're talking about like New York Times horoscopes it's not like I don't know I just felt like yeah their reasons for why astrology can't be real were just very surface and very just like uh, very
2: surface and very shallow and uh-huh. you know there are a lot of really shallow astrologers out there that are writing
1: shitty things and right. that are acting like fools so right. that are not you know really embodying the complexity of the art as the devil's advocate going on the other side, trying to find something of like why astrology is real and does work and this, I still couldn't find anything that really resonated as like, wow, okay, yes. So I really did find that astrology like all belief systems, it's one of those things that can't really be proven as truth. Like it's such a personal experience. It's such a personal relationship. And you're going to find those affirmations in life, be it through Buddhism or astrology or Christianity or Hinduism, you know? Well, yeah,
2: because only you, the individual, will know if it's true. Right, You know, it's a personal resonance.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I'm not talking about horoscopes. I'm talking about your natal chart. Yeah, and again, I think had any astronomers like referenced again any of the very how how well do these
2: astronomers know themselves probably not very well
1: (laughs) no again I think it was a lame attempt it was a super lame attempt
2: it, it is a lame attempt but you know the astronomers of like the renaissance were all astrologers
1: no, I don't know that. And how do you know that? What's the source of this information?
2: I think it was like, Gal- I mean, this is all in history books. Like Galileo, I think he almost got like burned at the stake. He had to like refute his own beliefs in astrology. I think it was
1: Galileo. Isaac mm-hmm. Newton was an
2: astrologer. Uh, Francis Bacon. I mean, all of these people.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Journey continues to unfold and evolve. Well, you didn't find instantly. my
2: article con- convincing, huh? <laughs>
1: No, I did. But again, I still feel like you're going to find affirmation and life is gracious enough to really affirm our beliefs. I want to choose to believe that, you know, there's a cell phone constellation in the sky the same time in 2010 when I got my first Nokia phone. Like, I could find that. You can find that in the stars because there's a billion fucking stars in the sky. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things where I'm just like, this is the power of belief. And I do believe very much in the power of belief. I'm not saying that astrology is not true. I would never say that. But I would never say that about Catholicism or other things. Like, faith and belief, I think, are very much a part of our human existence and what we choose to put that energy into I think life will reflect that back and I mean definitely some more surprises it's not like everything you believe gets presented to you in unicorns and rainbows but I just Mm -hmm. find that in my experience the power of belief is far greater than we fully understand and we could never actually understand or even make sense of it because that's how small we are you know so this idea that yeah. we have these languages and this truth and all these things, it's like, yeah, but <laughs> not
2: really. You know, the thing is, it's like, it is really just such a personal experience, but during the Renaissance and all that stuff, these all of these mathematicians and these astronomers, they were also, I think, like they were alchemists. They were all in these mystery schools. So astrology mm-hmm. was just a big part of the wisdom that was, you know. Came out
0: of that, sure. Yeah.
2: So it wasn't. Separate like it is now. You have math and science and you have spirituality on another side, but before it was very much one, especially Mm. in ancient Egypt or in ancient Greece and all that stuff. The age of reason really changed that. Yeah. And we're just now like circling back, I feel like feminine is really coming back now, which obviously you're seeing with Mm -hmm. the women's movement and everything and how we've really had the feminine energy has been very suppressed for millennia, you know? And Carl Jung was saying, and I don't know which writing this is in, but it's about you know how it had to be so that we could advance as far as we have technologically. But now it's coming back and it's coming back in a big way. And the rise of astrology is part of that because astrology is a feminine art. It's one of
1: the lunar arts. Well, I mean, it's like you were saying with regards to that lunar astrologist that you saw, right? You couldn't have understood that information or been prepared for what she revealed in that reading had you not had your other experiences, right? Or knowledge?
2: Oh, my my, my the esoteric the Hawaiian, one.
0: yeah. It should be noted that this is a reference to the first part of this conversation that will be released in the near future. It is titled The Role of Astrology in Psychology, but I mean, yeah. it's kind
1: of the same thing, you know. Coming back into the lunar world, you know, we were coming from this one space, but I think as a species, we weren't able to actually be here in this space unless we had gone through the separation or the reason.
2: You have to be ready for the information.
1: It's a fascinating life. I say that very earnestly, and I I'm enjoying astrology very much. I definitely have you know my skeptical glasses on. I have my rose. I have all my glasses on. My rose coloreds on (laughs) my bifocals, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the process. You know, I just
2: got like a, like a vision of what that looks, what those glasses <laughs> look like. They're like, the skeptics glasses are like those like gold wire, you know, small, like to, on the tip of your nose.
1: Oh yeah. But Very they're like, small.
2: But they're like, they have these pink lenses. <laughs> <laughs> those are like your, your glasses. Mm-hmm.
0: True to the inventive Aquarius season. We also invite you to be a witness to the inception of an innovation we are coining as, Rose-Colored Skepticals. Skepticals, is a combination of the words, skeptic, and, spectacles
1: but then there's another feature that you can like clip onto it so that it kind of focuses in. It almost becomes like a telescope kind or monocle kind, you know, Oh where yeah, I can yeah, look yeah. closer. Like a little
2: like magnifying glass. Yes. Or maybe that is it. Maybe, maybe it's just a magnifying glass. That's your skeptical
1: glass. Oh, that's like, that makes it's more like, sense. But
2: it's pink.
1: Yeah, because I have 20/20 20, 20 vision, so it's definitely a magnifying glass. It's definitely outside. It's a of.
2: magnifying glass that has a chain that you can wear as a necklace. Yes.
1: Yes. And yes, we have
2: to yes. make this for you. This is like amazing. And I it, love it. But it has pink magnifying glass.
1: Mm-hmm. It's real good. You know my birthday date.
2: <laughs> I do. Okay. Well, I have I have like six months to work on this.
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know how you are with time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're right on time.
2: I'm busy, but you know I do know some people that know how to work with metal, so it might be possible.
1: Mm. Ritual gold, is this what we're talking about? Well, yeah, she was the first one that came to mind, obviously. It's a good first thought. I like it. I think she would be super into it. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's perfect. I love it. Do
2: you think it's a monocle or yes. is it like a – yeah, it's a monocle.
1: But it's like a larger monocle. You know, like I'm imagining the size of <laughs> – You know, if it's a necklace chain, right, it's going down pretty low. Mm -hmm, And I'm mm -hmm. imagining it, the size is like mm, bigger than a 50 cent coin, smaller than a coaster. What's the comparable? I'm trying to think of something, you know, and it's that rose colored glass. Definitely. What is that? oblique ish I'm imagining some kind of like small handle. Like it's almost like a mini magnifying glass, you know. Or maybe not, but that's what I'm visualizing right now. It's almost like a, a short handle, you know, that's like fingertip size, you know. It seems to be ornate. Like in my brain, it's kind of ornate. It's not just this like. Oh, it plain has like maybe some around. like diamonds. Well, not necessarily diamonds, but just the the shape of the gold, you know, like it's almost that, you know, how there's those like old timey Titanic style like hairbrushes or like mirrors that you would look at. You know how the, the mm. metal is. You want it
2: a little bit like Art Deco.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. So That's what I'm imagining, but I'm open. I'm open to the, uh, what is this called? The skeptic? The rose-colored skeptic. (laughs) My friend Gemina and I were just talking about toxic positivity. Have you ever heard of this term? No. Maybe it's not toxic positivity. Maybe it's toxic optimism. This idea that everything is rose-colored and everything is like fine and everything is good, but it's to a toxic point because you're just so yeah. out of tune with reality. Yeah, yeah, delusional, right? So, yeah, these uh, skeptic bifocals are not that vain, but something, something with that. I digress. I digress. Space cord.
2: Space cord.